Hello and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. This is Shauna. And this is Rebecca. And you might notice that Shauna sounds like a frog. That's because Shauna is so sick today. But anyway, uh, no, I want to just welcome everybody to our program. And we have a special program because a little while back we put out a call on our Instagram page and asked people if there was anybody out there who would like to be on our program and talk about Canadian literature. And we were really excited that Larissa from Nova Scotia reached out to us. And we're especially interested in it because it is a voice, kind of like some of the books in Canada Reads this year. It's a voice that maybe we don't always hear from. Uh, Usually it's going to be maybe one of the big cities or could be Montreal or Quebec or Toronto or Vancouver. But we have somebody from the Maritime Provinces. So that's our province. So that's pretty cool. So we basically wanted to talk to Larissa about all five books and how she ranks them. So let's get started. And here it is with Shauna, Rebecca and Larissa. Hi, Larissa. It's so nice to have you on with us at Canada Reads American Style. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. How are you? We are doing pretty great. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be doing this. I love chatting about books. So this is prime opportunity for me. So I am, uh, my name is Larissa, as you already mentioned, and I'm a mom. I stay home with my kids. I have three little kids and I am from the East Coast of Canada. Uh, and we connected uh, through Instagram, actually. I have an Instagram that I started recently called at the dot book mom for anyone who's interested, uh, where I review books. And what I do during my day is basically take care of my kids, do a little bit of work from my home, and I do lots of volunteering. And then I try to spend the rest of my time reading. My little header on my Instagram is actually that I read while I'm avoiding housework or when I'm particularly anxious. So it seems to be that. When I get a lot more books read, it's when I'm trying to avoid other things happening, which I think I think is a healthy way for a little bit of an escape and an outlet. And it's really done a lot for uh, me and my family in that I'm seeing my kids pick up more books and things like that. So that's a little bit about who I am in my reading life. That's not really the intro I give a lot of a lot of times when I'm introducing myself and telling people about myself. I don't get to I don't get to talk about all of the books that I read. So I'm really happy that that's the intro I got to give (laughs) today. Yeah, well, I have to say as librarians, and especially I was a youth librarian for years. uh, This is Rebecca, by the way. We uh, love hearing about, you know, the way you make a a child a reader is you um, model that for them. And then often they become readers, which is the whole point. And we want to create more readers in the world. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before I had kids, I was a teacher. And so literacy has always been pretty important to me. And I used to read a lot before even I went to university. And then it kind of fell away as you, you know, go through university and then you work and then you have kids. And I just noticed a couple of years ago that I was spending a lot of my downtime on social media and things like that. And I made made a goal about two years ago that instead of doing that, I would read more. And because of that goal, I've really started to read more as a habit. And I'm really surprised. Granted, my kids are a little older than they were then, but my daughter went from like listening to books and being happy with that to actually wanting to sit and look at books instead of watch TV. And uh, I was surprised at how big of a difference it made. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, because they talk about all the time we spend on social media. 
is creating anxiety in people. And I found that for myself. So I, I've just started picking up reading heavily in the last few years. Again, I've always been a reader, but really heavily in the last few years. And I do think, you know, not being on social media too much helps keep that sort of that anxiety at bay as well, which is a really good thing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I wanted, yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you too, and you know, when we, and when we put out the call to, to find someone to chat with us about Canadian literature, you're from the East Coast, which is really exciting to us because we had even said, you know, chances are, you know, it'll be somebody from one of the bigger cities. And so can you talk a little bit, just, just a briefly about what you think living on the East Coast, how is that different than being somewhere else in Canada, I guess? Oh, that's a loaded question. So I find that a friend of mine actually and I were talking about this recently um, because I she knew I was going to be chatting with you. And she thought, oh, my God, it's so cool that you're from the East Coast because so often the voices that come from Canada are from more central areas. And the way she put it was, it's almost like the East Coast is the forgotten part of Canada, which those of us on the East Coast would probably mostly agree with that because so often like even like a, a band is on tour and they're going East and they go to Montreal and then that's it. <laughs> and we kind of have, and I, I don't, I don't want to say it, that other parts of Canada don't have this because I'm sure they do, but we seem to have some unique situations with, uh, like unemployment and having people go out west to find work or unique dialects that are very specific, which is actually something that I'm going to talk about when I talk about small game hunting. And because Newfoundland and Newfoundland's dialect is so unique being from the East Coast, but it's not the only unique dialect from the East Coast. It's really interesting because there's also the dialect that comes out of certain parts of PEI, certain parts of Cape Breton. And I just feel like our little small part of Canada is just probably more English in like British than a lot of the rest of Canada. Maybe that's not the right way to put it. But sometimes you see that Canadian culture has been Americanized a little bit, which is totally fine. We're all part of North America. But I feel like us over here, where we have less attachment physically, like landmass to the U.S., it has kind of not evolved the same way as the rest in bigger parts of Canada. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really, that's one of the reasons when you reached out to us, I, I was so excited because that's just a part of Canada that I'm not necessarily really familiar with. Although I will tell you my post retirement trip, that's where I'm going. It's like, I'm going to go to Eastern Canada and do like a big old long road trip and see all of that area. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> and not only, um, like me personally, and this is probably not for, it's certainly not for everybody who lives out here in the East Coast, but I've actually lived in PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland. I've lived in all four. Oh, wow. Let's just jump right into it. So what we wanted to do today was you have actually completed all of uh, five of the contenders for this year. Yep. And what we thought we would have you do is rate, give us your kind of a mini review of each one of them and start with the, I hate to say, the one you like least, but the number five going all the way up to the number one that you really liked a lot. And we always rate them with the number of maple leaves. So you can let us know after you've reviewed it, how many maple leaves you'll give each book. 
and let's just talk about what you've read and what you've liked and what you think about them. So we'll go ahead and let you get started. Absolutely. Okay. So I do have a least favorite, but I, then I feel like my, I, then I might have like a tie for second and then a tie for first, but I think I can probably rank them. My least favorite. And I think this is going to be hard actually, because I've seen so many different reviews online that people have done about these different books. And, and a lot of them feel differently than I do, but my least favorite was radicalized. And it's not that I, that I didn't like it. I thought I was actually really excited to read a series of, I don't know if they were, they might've been a little longer than short stories, but little novellas. And I was excited about the, that they were all their own individual story. But I ended up feeling like I was missing the details in some spots. Like I felt like an event would happen and then another event would happen and I was missing the how we got from A to B. I really appreciated and I actually really liked the different social commentary that he gave with each one. I really liked the the first one was about smart technology, classism. It was very clear. The second story was about race. Very clear. The third story, healthcare. Very clear. The fourth story... I don't know if I could pick it out as, as definitively as the other three, but it was the topic was very specific. But I also kind of felt like there was some lack of originality in a few of the stories. And I think that was on purpose. Actually, fairly certain it was on purpose. And I just don't know that it meshed with me and what I like, which is okay. Because he was making statements and I feel like he made the statements well. I just felt like I was missing parts of the story that I like, if that makes sense. What did, yeah. What did you guys think of it? I think that you both finished it. Did you? Yeah. Well, we both actually really loved it, which is so funny. And I, I actually don't disagree with the comments you make about it, but I really, I like, I'm just learning to like the short story or the novella genre yeah. because I'm just getting into it now. And and like I said, they, they have to be so specific in what they're saying because they've they've got a lot less time and space to say it. Yeah. But I don't disagree with your comments about it. So but we loved it. Shauna, do you want to say anything about it? I well I mean I agree with everything that Larissa said in regards to like the getting from point A to B, you really had to create that jump yourself in order to understand the story. And I, me personally, I liked half the book and I liked, I didn't dislike the other half of the book. So like I liked half of the, or two of the stories and didn't like yeah. the other two. And, uh, but the other thing is I am also being influenced by what he is saying out on social media and his videos in Canada Reads. And so it makes me like his book because I like the, the premise behind the story. I had a hard time ranking it because I feel like I agree. Like I was, I really liked that he was making his statements so firmly and I agreed with the statements he was making. And I, and I think maybe also it might also come down with the fact that I liked a few of the stories and didn't like a few of the other stories. So then putting it all together is hard. Oh yeah. One of the things we wanted to ask you, cause this is a comment. I, I know you've seen this that a, a number of people have said is the fact that it's set in the United States. Do you think that's going to, I think it'll get voted off first because of it, but how do you feel? Right. How do you feel about that? And I, I feel like, I think that if the, if the theme of this year wasn't to bring Canada into focus, then 
there would be less of a conflict with that. Yeah. If the theme was something different. I, I can see why it got picked for the shortlist. I do have a hard time with how it brings, like just how it fits the theme. Yeah. I struggle with that. Do you, how, how do you feel about that being from the U.S., but then also knowing it's to bring Canada into focus? Yeah, I agree. That's what I said. I, I don't see how, because the the uh, theme is to bring Canada into focus, I thought that was kind of crazy that it got picked for the short list. I mean, it's really Akil's choice to, to, to select that book. And I look forward to seeing him defend it for that reason, because it's going to be the first thing everybody says. But I, but again, you know, as Shauna said, I listened to a lot of interviews with Cory Doctorow, and I think what he's saying, it, it's, it's all whether it's set in the U.S. or not, everything he is saying, it's going to affect Americans, Canadians, everybody else in you know first world countries. It's we're all in the same boat with this stuff, and that's why I thought it was really powerful. And then I started when I after I heard Cory Doctorow, I thought oh, wait a minute, maybe this book won't be the first one to get voted off if Akil can, if Akil can defend it in that way, which we don't know if he, he can. Right. But how many um, how many Maple Leafs would you assign that book then? Three and a half. Okay, and I think Shauna and I gave it four. We each gave it four. Okay, cool. Um, interesting, though. I'll, I'll actually just comment on this. The third story was about healthcare, and he made a comment in the story about how things we're changing a little bit in Canada because of the things that were happening in the U S with this particular story. And I think that was one of the, one of the stories I enjoyed that story, but I felt disconnected from it because while getting cancer treatment here in Canada might take a while, we would, nobody would say, well, that's not true. I guess so sometimes you can't get experimental treatments, but it just seemed like it was not an issue that, anyone I know would necessarily have gone through. Whereas I'm sure in the United States, people know people that may have happened to. Yeah. And for me, that story highly resonated because it reminded me of a situation in that where about trying to get experimental treatment and not being able to. So yeah, I it's funny because when I was reading it, I was thinking, I'll bet you Canadians don't really get this the way that we get this because we're going through. Yeah. I just felt like it was less relatable. Exactly. Okay, cool. All right. So let's move on to the next book on your list. Or you're saying that maybe there's two that kind of tie. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk about small game hunting Woo. because I, not that I think that this would rank fourth for me, but just that I, I actually had, so I struggle because there's different, the different types of books. There were two memoirs, two fiction, and then a short story. So it's almost like I have a hard time ranking a memoir and a fiction next to each other. Yeah. Um, because I have a hard time ranking a book about someone's life or like writing a book about someone's life. It's, it's to say that, oh, I only give that a two star when it's someone's experience is just difficult. Not that I gave any of these two, but, but I'll talk about small game hunting because just because I feel like it would be unfair to then to put something that was someone's life in a number four spot. Small game hunting was interesting for me because I spent time in Newfoundland as a child and I live close to Newfoundland now. And not only that, but the part of PEI where my family is from also has a really strong dialect because it's fairly rural. And some of the things that are the dialect in Newfoundland are, are, are kind of similar. So even on my Instagram, when I said, I made a little post about dialect and I said, this is a word that I use a lot that my husband calls me out on. 
my sister commented and said, I know this is supposed to be in a Newfoundland accent, but it sounds like PEI to me. Because, so the dialect, it was really interesting for me. It took me a few, it took me a couple of, I don't know, maybe 50 pages into the book to, to kind of catch the rhythm of it because it's written uniquely in that it was like an internal dialogue, an external dialogue, an experience with no break to indicate what was happening. But once I caught on to the dialogue, and of course it starts with Olive, and Olive's dialogue is very, her dialect was very strong, getting the hang of it was a little bit difficult. But once I caught on, I actually didn't have much trouble with it at all because I've lived, I've lived in that dialect. But it was so unique because usually even when something is set in a certain place, it's not written the way the people would actually speak. And I ultimately really felt that in the book. I really liked that part of the book. It was, did you both read it? So I'm only about 115 pages in. Yeah. And I read page one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. All right. So neither of you know that what happened Um, or have read it yourself. It's a tough book. It's, I mean, there's a warning right at the beginning that you're supposed to be brave, that it's going to hurt. Yeah. And, and she's telling you the truth. Like it is, it is rough. Can I ask you something about that? Sure. Because my question was, because I just went back and re-listened to Megan Gill Cole's interview with Sheila Rogers today, because my question is, is she saying that, because I misread that, I think, because is she saying it because the subject matter of the story is tough to read, or was she saying it because she's exposing people who who don't have a huge voice in Canadian literature. Do you know what I mean? I, I kind of wondered like what oh, that was supposed to mean. That's a good point. Having finished it, I feel as though it, it was referring to the subject matter, but maybe not. Okay. It was, the subject matter was hard. There was a lot of references to re- references and then later, like just outright scenes of sexual assault. Okay. And, but even, I mean, you maybe have even read a little bit of the in, like insinuations of it even a hundred and some pages in. And it is, I feel like it is really raw and it does expose a lot. And a lot, to be honest, I was actually surprised at how many points she really drew out. Like there was, there was sexual assault, of course, um, treatment of women, poverty. She has a lot of statements about poverty, which I really, when you are from, and, and this is not necessarily unique to Atlantic Canada or Newfoundland, But when you're from an area that is around rural areas or even from a rural area, you know, people like the characters in the book. And so she makes a few statements about like why fishermen don't fish in the winter and how the reason is because how dangerous it is and how depressed they get. And there's those statements. And then there's also statements about like why certain things are the way they are. And the answer is poverty. Like it's always poverty. And she was really outright and blatant with her points. And she crafted it all into this story that takes place all over one day. I just, I think it was a really well crafted book, but it was a bit rough in the picking up what was happening when maybe that lended to the story, but I could see how it may take away from the story for some people because it was a lot of brain work. And, and it was just like afterwards, my best friend and I were chatting about it and we were like, it was good, but it was hard. Like it was just a really hard book. Yeah. And again, 
for bringing Canada into focus, I think it would it would do a good job at that, but I don't know that that's the focus that we necessarily always want. But not but it is giving a voice to a lot of people who are often voiceless. So I have a lot of conflicting feelings about the book. Yeah, and and my thing is, I think it's because it's a an an a dialect or an accent or a speech pattern that I'm just completely unfamiliar with. So even for me to read the book, I, I was saying to Shauna, I don't always understand what they're saying. And it's not just like, you know, like individual words, but like the way the sentence structure is, I'm not even sure that I fully am grasping what they're saying. I'm getting the overall gist of it, but I'm wondering if it's just not, yeah. if it's not a reachable place for me as an American reading it. Yep. But I'm getting the overall point, which I, I'm telling you, I actually uh, screenshotted one statement that was made in the book and I put it on my Instagram story because I just went, oh my gosh, like that was one of the most profound, like little few sentences. And, and there's a bunch of those places in the book so far, even a hundred pages in for me, but I can't. And there's more. Yeah. And I, but I can't say that I'm grasping it, even in the way that you're talking about it, because as far as getting into a rhythm, I I don't even know what the rhythm is and I can't, I can't get there. I don't think so. Well, because it changes with every character. So it's like you catch it and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a really good point because when Kelv talks, I, I'm just like, what? Cause he is a really hard character. Cause it's yeah. yeah okay. All right. Good. <laughs> All yeah. right. Do we, okay. So how many maple leaves are you giving that one then? I'm giving it a four, four maple leaves. So I rank it pretty high and it's because of those statements. Like you said, you screenshotted one. And it's just, she makes a lot of them, like really firm, solid, good social commentary statements. And I was really, I was really interested to see them all there laid out in one day at this one restaurant to have that many statements like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So what is next on your list? Next is, I feel more firmly about this one because the top two for me are very top two. We have always been here. Did you both read that one? Yes, we have read that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. I thought the cover was beautiful. I just want to put that out there. I love the cover. And I really appreciated her story. I don't think we get a lot of those stories, immigrant stories, queer stories. And so having both together was a little was eye-opening. It was short, which I both liked and also felt like I would have liked more. I don't know, something. I, and, and when comparing this to the other memoir from the ashes, it's a very differently written, very different style. And I felt like I was getting, like she was just telling me the play by play and I wasn't getting the real, um, the really big feelings or I don't know if feelings is the right word, the big picture of the whole part of the experience. I was just being told what happened. Uh, and for that reason, I rank it lower than from the ashes, but I still think it was a very important story. Yeah. You know, that's exactly because Sean and I did do our, we did tape our review of this book and that's exactly what we said, which is it's, yeah, it's a voice that's not really heard. It's an important voice. So we, you know, we understand that it's has such great value in that. But what, one of the things I said was, I don't know if she wants other queer Muslims to really read it and go, oh my gosh, that's my life. That's my story. I don't know how they can access it because she doesn't really give us the emotion of it. She doesn't really, that she's telling us yeah. the story, but I, I never once felt emotionally connected to her story. So 
Yeah, it was like a play-by-play. Yeah, exactly. Shauna, do you want to say anything? Do you want to add anything on that one? Well, I actually uh, watched a, well, I was homesick today. I watched the interview that uh, she did with Canada Reads, her defender. I can't remember. Amanda Bruegel. Amanda Bruegel. I have Rebecca remember all that stuff for me. (laughs) (laughs) She said that this book, she wrote this book as a letter to her childhood, like a letter to herself as a little girl. And I guess I wish that that really comes through more. I mean, at the end of the book, she talks about her therapist and her talking to the therapist. And one of the exercises that the therapist has her do is write a letter to herself as a little girl. And then at the end of the book, you actually read that letter. I just, you know, there are so many parts of that, of her story that could have been influenced by her perception of that, I guess. But uh, yeah, Rebecca and I, this was actually our lowest scoring book so far, just because we didn't feel that uh, it was too, my favorite word, my the word oh, that yeah. I created is cliptic. Uh, just the way that it's written is it's short spurts and it didn't make us emotional. Uh, so I think we ended up giving it threes, right? Okay, but we did. We each gave it a three, but what cliptic is supposed to be cryptic. Clips. That's how Shauna created that word. So that's what she thinks for the book, and I and I, I do kind of agree with yeah. that. Yeah, we both gave it just a three. So I yeah. and I feel a little bit bad because again, it's not a voice we're going to hear a lot at this point, but it's still one that. And well, we kind of laugh because the person, the woman who actually gave her the title of the book, we have always been here. I said we want to read her book because that quote that she had in the book was beautiful. And it's sort of like we got more out of that quote yeah, and that what she wrote than we did in the whole book, I think. So now we're down to your last two. I know. And I have a hard time with this one. And I was going to say, we, oh, I can't wait to talk about this one and hear your opinion because uh, we almost are ready to do a drum roll. But I think we're going to let you talk about your two because it sounds like they, they're, you're conflicted about which way to go with them. So which, which one do you want to talk about next? I am. I don't. Okay, so they're both, I'll just preface it by saying they're both five Maple Leafs for me. So I would even tie them with first because they're very different. But it's interesting, actually, they're both uh, Indigenous voices, which I think is awesome that those are my two top. I really, Indigenous voices are kind of having a moment right now here in Canada, and I love it. But I read, so I read Son of a Trickster last year. It was the, it wasn't on the, I think it was a Giller Prize finalist, but I can't remember. But it wasn't on the Canada Reads list yet. That was a new thing for me this year. I was very excited to see one of my favorite books from last year on the list. So I didn't read it recently. I read it last year. And From the Ashes, I read like last week. So one of them is much more recent than the other. But I'll talk about From the or, uh sorry, I'll talk about Son of the Trickster first because that's the one that I had read already. And it was kind of a. Uh, one I loved for me, although I think that that is not necessarily a universal opinion. I've recently learned. I've seen a lot of reviews on the CBC Canada Reads Facebook page that people are not loving it the same way. Yeah. And uh, and I feel really defensive of it, actually, because when I read it, I, I just happened to pick it up by chance on a bookstore shelf. It sounded good. So I took it home and read it. And then found out that two of my uh, internet friends who also read a lot had also read it by chance and loved it. And so the three of us kind of were always like, oh my God, son of a trickster. 
And then, I don't know if you guys know this, but it is part of a trilogy and the second one is already out. I grabbed it right away as soon as I saw it and I read it and I think it's better than the first one. That, I just, I have to interrupt for a second because the same thing, I went to a, I went to a bookstore in Sarnia, Ontario, and one of the employees recommended the book to me. This was before the, it came out on the Canada Reads list. And because there was the first one was out and then the second one, I bought both at the same time. And it's interesting because I've heard other people say they liked the second one better. But anyway, go ahead. I, so, yeah, so I loved Son of a Trickster. I like magical realism anyway. Like it's not, that's not a foreign genre for me. Uh, and I really love when myths from someone's culture come through, which obviously happens in Son of a Stricture if you've read it. And I just really loved, I just, the character de development of Jared was so well done. You really feel for him. You know, he's in a hard spot. He's got a crazy mom. Uh, but he's such a like a good kid and you really want him to succeed and it really came through in the book for me that character development and then his resilience and how he does so much for other people so that really made it for me and then to then you know get to see his journey through finding more of himself and moving to Vancouver and in the second book and it's going to be interesting I think because I do think that Trickster I, I liked Trickster Drift better Again, there's actually more character development for Jared. You feel for him even more. So it'll be interesting to see Son of a Trickster defended. And also because it kind of is odd at the end. It's an odd, odd sort of book. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah, because one of the that was one of the comments I saw on the Facebook page, the Canada Reads CBC's page, which was how how is it going to be to defend a book that's the first part of a trilogy and, and it's not wrapped up like it's it's left hanging on the first book and how can you defend that as being part of the competition so i thought well that's actually kind of an interesting point i hadn't really thought about it till till somebody said it and i was like oh yeah that's right it really is i don't know that it it's a bad thing it's just i was like oh yeah i hadn't even considered it but yeah it's interesting i guess because if there if it, there wasn't a sequel and that was all you got then that would be fine like i liked the book as it was but then to have read the continuation of his story and his more character development to then know that the people who are defending it or the people who have only read the first one and are seeing it in competition with other people don't know the whole story yet. That's one of the reasons I think that I feel a little bit defensive of it. Cause I'm like, you don't know it all yet. There's more. <laughs> yeah. But that's a five star for me. Yeah. I love it. Did you hear about how Eden Robinson wrote the book or the, the three, the trilogy? Did you hear how she did it? I don't think so. I know that she's, it started off as a little short story about the trickster and then she developed it over like 10 years, but that's about all I know. Yeah. Well, and that's basically it, which I thought was interesting because she said, oh, first I started out, it was going to be a short story. Then it was going to be a novella. Then it was going to be a novel. And then she said, and then it was so long, I broke it into three parts. And I thought, oh, isn't that funny that she just felt so compelled to keep telling the story that it went from what was going to be, you know, not that long to three, three books. Definitely. It's interesting too. There's no publication date for the third book yet, which I'm like, the first two came out pretty close to each other. And uh, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe the CBC is making a TV show about it. And that's really exciting. I, we love CBC programming in my house, kids programming and some of the adult programming we really love. So I think that they'll do a really good job with it. I'm excited. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that there is no publication date because especially 
it sounds like she had all three done. So I wondered like, well, what's holding up the third one? And then I did hear that they were going to do a TV, I guess a series or something on it, which would be, which we, unless it's on Netflix, we're not going to be able to watch it, but. Some of the stuff does end up making it to CBS or to Netflix, so you might get it. I really feel terrible now because I actually, the way I scored my book, because we have not talked about this officially, because Shauna is not quite finished with the book yet, but I'm going to have to, based on your review, because <laughs> now you're making me go like, oh yeah, that is what I liked about the book. I actually, I don't know why I gave it a, I only gave it three stars. And that's so weird. Well, it's it's a weird book. Yeah, but I'm going to have to go back and really rethink about why I did three. Because I also gave We we Have Always Been Here three. And then it's like, wait a minute. I liked it more than I liked that one. So I maybe I made a mistake there. But no, what I, what I agree with you about and what you really said so well is it is all about Jared. It is about his compassion and his humanity and his trauma and his it's all of those things but then you put that magic realism on top of it and then it just takes it to a, it's not just a coming of age story for a young man it is all this other stuff which i haven't read in book two yet but so i'm gonna have to rethink my maple leaves on that i don't know why i, I only put down three i think mm. it's because it took you so long to get through the oh. story because it's it's funny she would come into my office and be like I've only gotten through ten pages or I've only gotten through okay. and then yeah. and then to me I I started the book like I don't know what's wrong with you I like it I like how his mom talks I like all the language <laughs> I like the the trying to discern what's the reality and what's the magical realism you know but now that you say that did I not read from the ashes right before that. We, we, we've always been. Oh, well, I don't know why I struggled then. I don't remember, but I do remember thinking, <laughs> why is this take? It just felt like it was taking me so long to get into the story. I don't know. I'll have to rethink all that. But anyway, so, yeah. all right, let's move on to the last book, which is, go ahead. From the Ashes. <laughs> Again, I find this one really hard to review. Five Maple Leafs, hands down. Wonderfully written memoir. Like, couldn't say enough good things about it. But... He he's a real person and he was so honest and his story is incredible and he fell off a building and didn't die. Like, how do you how do you give it any less than five maple leaves? Do you know what I mean? It's inspira inspiring, it's well written, it grabs you, it does just give you little clips of his life. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to know what happens in between, but it wasn't like I needed it, especially because I felt like at some point. He would be like a teenager in the timeline, but then he would talk about something that happened when he was three. And I was like, oh, that fills in the blank. And I just think like, good, like, good job. It's just, you know, you just want to hug him and be like, wow, good for you. And it's also interesting because I've had, and it makes it much cooler. I'm sure you guys would agree. You've yeah. interviewed him. I've had interactions with him and his wife on Instagram now. And it's, it's just really cool to put that sort of person onto this book that's well written that I would have liked anyway and I would recommend to people anyway and now we're gonna have like I probably will have him Skype into my book club and get to talk to him and then I also like do I don't know what I'm gonna say to him like do I say man like you fell off a building you know so yeah it's it's a hard one to rank yeah I, you know it's funny because we obviously we both gave it five stars we it's just our number one choice and i yeah there's the whole issue of and i think i put this on uh facebook uh on the cbc page and i said 
the question I would ask is sort of, you know, to put fiction in with nonfiction, it almost feels like, it's like you're saying, how do you not rank someone's true life story in what he went through? And then you put it up against a fictional tale that someone can just create out of whole cloth and can make it go wherever they want it to go. I still feel like that's kind of an odd way to do it, but it's the way the competition works. But yep. for me, I, what I loved about it was, and, and when we did our, Sean and I already did our, uh, posted our review on it. But my thing is, you know, a lot of times we meet people like this at different stages of their addiction or their homelessness or whatever. And I, what I love about it is he is still standing. And not only is he still standing, he's thriving and he has this amazing life and he survived it all. But he really, I mean, he looks like a really happy man. And I know that, you know, behind the scenes, you know, he's like he says, he's got a therapist, he's working through things, and he probably always will be. But he's so, he's in such a better place in his life. And and he, and he has the love of his life. And, and you just want to say to yourself, man, somebody went through crap and came out kind of like Rocky at the end, you know. And I just think sometimes we need to hear a story where somebody just triumphs at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I actually like, no, because I follow him on social media and he he's, looks happy and, and healthy in his photos. And, and then I was reading the book and I, I mean, like it gets pretty, you're pretty far into the book before he starts to, you know, figure his life out a little bit. And he's like really in a bad spot towards three quarters into the book. And I was just like, man, like, I know that he gets better, but he needs to start telling me that he gets better really soon. But then he did. So, yeah. Yeah. It takes, it, it takes all the way to like the last 50 pages in order to get to that part. But yeah. So I'm curious if uh, you know that this is the book that Rebecca, so last year, Rebecca and I, we chose which books we were going to champion to win. And when we were watching the debates, we'd be like, Oh, that was a good point. Or, Oh, that's not such a good point. Oh, you should have done this or so forth. And uh, so this year, Rebecca is choosing From the Ashes as her book to champion. And she's already stated that as of January 11th, that she was going to do that. Do you have a book that you would champion based on your, I mean, your top two? I have a, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Son of a Trickster. I think that that might be what I would go with. And I think honestly, because if I was to put them between, those are my top two, hands down. And to put them next to each other, I feel like Son of the Trick Son of a Trickster is a little bit of an underdog. Because of From the Ashes, like it's just so incredible and such a, a real, raw, honest story. But so because of the underdog factor and my and the soft spot in my heart that I have for Jared, I would choose Son of a Trickster. Ooh. Okay, this is gonna be fun then, because as I said, as Shauna said, I'm I'm all for from the ashes, you got son of a trickster, and Shauna hasn't decided yet because she hasn't finished all the books. So I think when she finally gets them all done and selects which one it is, we very well, all three of us could be on different pages on who we want to see win this thing. So this will be a really fun. So that's it, Larissa. Uh we really want to thank you for your great comments. Uh we're really excited that you're joining us and we want to let our listeners know that we want to kind of continue to have Larissa in the future because it's great to have a true Canadian voice <laughs> hearing about Canadian literature. So we appreciate them. All the way from the forgotten part of Canada. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us today. 
Well, you're welcome. And I hope that uh, we will get to do this again. That was really fun. And I, yeah, thank you so much. And I'll just give another little plug for my Instagram, if that's okay. It's at the.bookmom. I would love if anybody would like to chat with me about books there too. Have a wonderful evening and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. And to our listeners, if you'd like us to continue providing great content like this, please rate, review, like, share, comment, and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Bye. Bye.